Welcome to P3 Radio. The monkey only dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. Brada, brada, brada. I fly, bro. That is never stopping. Truck goes to the Cool story, bro. Footy pajamas. Hey, genius, it's, three, it's 2 p.m. Central. PG3 Radio. Here's your host, Josh Friday. Get him off big, Freddie. Get him off big. Richard Mullican. And as I put you down, my pants ripped. <laughs> it's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of P3 Radio. I'm Richard Mullican, joined by my co-host, the man that had to fight for his right to party, and best friend Josh Briley. Say hey, Josh. I have been at the Boogie Woogie Dance Hall for the last 12 minutes. I've been waiting on your ass. Where are you at, Richard Lee? I'm right here for episode 152. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a barn burner for you today. We have somebody on today that we have... I'm I'm sure we've wanted to have him on our show as as long as we've had a show, right? Day one. And he's somebody that we looked up to. He's a nine-time NWA Tag Team Champion and a Hall of Famer. One half of the Rock and Roll Express, Mr. Ricky Morton. Wow. I'm going to tell you something, man. And I've told you the story off air, but, dude, Ricky Morton and Wildfire Tommy Rich are the first wrestlers I ever remember. I was like four years old. Remember being in front of the mirror and impersonating and and just getting all wrapped up into that. So this is – it's like meeting Superman or something, dude. It, It. I'm so nervous right now. You couldn't stuff angel hair up my ass. So, I, so what did the what did the mirror promo sound like when you did it? Well, I was four, so I probably wasn't formulating <laughs> words. Just like drop kicking have. it mostly <laughs> in the bathtub. Imagine I had that. to have a mirror, so it looked like I had a friend to do the double drop kick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know you yet, so I didn't have yeah. any friends. I remember, like, you, it's odd that you say that because when we were kids, you know, when we were six, seven, eight years old. Uh, this was before they said, don't try this at home. Oh yeah. You know, you know, that's when Terry think, Gordy was, was, Oh, you kids out there, <laughs> get your friend, try this on <laughs> Like he said that one time. <laughs> it was a sleeper hole. Imagine I, that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they were just like, yeah, give it a shot. See what happens. <laughs> he'll learn. That was and, the generation we grew up in the he'll learn generation. Right. You know, let him do it. He'll learn. What a glorious time. Because I mean, I think after the he'll learn phase, yeah. it ended up into the spoon fed phase and you see yeah. where we're at now. Whew. But yeah, God R- bless him. Ricky Morton's going to be on the show. And like I said, I remembered in the he'll learn phase we had those wrestling buddies those wwf wrestling buddies and we were leaning them up against my fence and me and you were practicing double drop kicks on them and i remember this very vividly about you giving me crap because i couldn't hit the drop kick my fat tubby bema self <laughs> could not get the air like i looked your size i was like a year and a half younger <laughs> and i couldn't get the drop kick down and you were like do it right and i'm like my back hurts <laughs> this ground's hard as hell josh uh but yeah i mean so the double drop kick i was just trying to make Express. you better yeah <laughs> uh, if i didn't get that drop kick i wasn't gonna get into school <laughs> but no man uh the rock and roll express have been like just staples i mean you ask anybody around they they know who the Rock and Roll Express is. Well, that's the thing about it. Like if if you if you had to just pinpoint one tag team mm-hmm. and say 
this is what a tag team is all about. Like from just what you know, the ring work, the psychology though. That that's that's what a lot of today is missing. There's yeah. a few tag teams that have it, but dude, they're on another level back then. And I think if you was to look in the dictionary and it said tag team wrestling, it would be Ricky and Robert's picture, right? Yeah, there. no doubt. I mean, like I said, one of the, one of the most world renowned. I mean, even Arn Anderson on Arn Anderson's podcast. I was listening to that the other day, and then he asked, he got asked the question. You know, in their prime, who was the tag team that you would want to face with you and Tully? And he said, you know, hands down, you know, the the Rock and Roll Express. He's like that'd be just like a night off. He was like those guys were just so smooth and so. You hear it from not not just us, not from just wrestling fans. I mean, even older people that watched wrestling back in the day that might not follow WWE's crowd now, they know who they know who Ricky Morton is. You know what I mean? And actually, I plugged this this interview on the radio this week, and uh, I called in because I call in all the time to the local station, and I called in and was talking to him. I said, "Yeah, we're we're interviewing Ricky this Ricky Morton this week, and uh, we're going to talk." So some you know old school wrestling fans from around here might you know. I want to check it out because, you know, Ricky Morton, he doesn't do a lot of interviews around here. So, I mean, we always have the Lawlers, the Dundees, but, you know, Ricky Morton was a big name for a long time. And, yeah, it sparked a good 20-minute conversation from just the guys on the radio talking about wrestling and talking about the Rock and Roll Express and then Memphis. And, And, you know, those guys, like you said, they don't follow current product. They hadn't watched wrestling in 20, 25 years. Right. But they still remember Ricky and Robert. Well, there's a reason for that, and it was because, uh, you know, like I said, Ricky was one of the best workers out there. Robert was no slouch either. He was really good. So when you put those guys together in a tag team, I mean, it was just magical. Peanut butter and jelly, baby. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. Uh, We're going to have him on in in just a few minutes. Josh, uh, big show last week. Our numbers went up. I guess people like bridges and baseball. (laughs) I know I do. I mean. Next week we're gonna have uh, Gene Jackson on. We're we're racing right now to uh, to get a, a bunch of content put together and put put out at a time. So we're gonna be ahead of schedule. Why are we racing? Well, because I'm going to be going on vacation at some point in July. And that's your third vacation <laughs> no, this, this year. This is the first one. I knew I'd seen a couple hundred dollar bills in the yard. You just fucking <laughs> no. lost. It don't matter to you, huh? <laughs> no, this is our first vacation, but we're trying to stockpile shows. So next you lit- week, you're a liar. No, this you is you are our- a liar. No, you this literally is- went on vacation last week. We to went on a weekend trip to Chattanooga, which yeah. is like five fucking hours uh, away. You spent at least three days there. That is a two vacation. Days. Two days. You went to the mountains. Uh, yes. So, so going to the mountains that some- doesn't count. We're going on a beach trip. Oh, okay. That's like Since a week water, long. That, this, we're, this isn't just a weekend. We're taking a whole week off, and we're going and spending a be- weekend at the beach. A week at the beach. Y'all going to have a tent so, there, or what y'all doing? I'll probably bring a tent. Okay. Hotel? <laughs> what hotel are you going to stay at? <laughs> no, the Hilton. Condo. Uh, you know. It's a condo. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Not even a hotel. <laughs> Who am I fooling uh, talking about hotels with your ass? Yeah. So uh, rich people that stick so, together, huh? <laughs> so we're trying to get all these shows built up, uh, but next week we'll have Gene Jackson on. I'm super excited, and about that'll that. be fun to dip into some comedy stuff. But man, really excited about this week and our guest who is on the line right now. So Josh, we need to do this right here real quick, okay? 
But first, Josh, we got to sell some shirts. We, we desperately need to sell some shirts. And what better place to buy a shirt than teespring.com and do that by going to our link, tinyurl.com slash p3 radio tees that's tinyurl.com slash p3 radio t-e-e-s that's going to take you over to teespring.com and there are going to be a a whole range of shirts that you're going to find there uh including our logo shirt josh you were saying your favorite shirt was the 80s style shirt dude i'm legit gonna get me a pair of zubaz to pair with this shit get me some badass sunglasses and I'm going to go out on the town, and uh, I'll tell you what, the next purchase I'm going to buy is the ECW-inspired P3 Radio t-shirt, man. That shirt is absolute badass. We also have the Truck Goes to the to Dwayne shirt. No we good. also have uh, <laughs> Freddy's Front Yard Slaughterhouse. All of, these, all of these are inspired by shows that we've done in the past. Go over there now, tinyurl.com slash P3 Radio Tees. Pick up a shirt today. Help us out. Help out local local struggling artists and local <laughs> struggling podcasters like ourselves. P3 Radio Tees. TinyURL.com slash P3 Radio Tees. Teespring, the home of P3 Radio shirts. Welcome back to P3 Radio. Josh, you know they say you should never meet your heroes, the people you look up to because they're going to let you down. Well, right now... We have someone on the phone that we have looked up to since we were like seven, eight years old, and I don't think that's going to apply here. He is a nine-time NWA Tag Team Champion. He's a WWE Hall of Famer, regarded as one of the best to ever put on a pair of wrestling boots. He owns the School of Morton, and he's broken attendance records, hotel rooms, beds all over the world. He's one of the nicest guys I have ever met in the business. Ladies and gentlemen, from Nashville, Tennessee, one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton. Mr. Morton, thank you for joining us today on P3 Radio. Man, it's a great pleasure to be on here. And God, you just sparked my memory when you said to meet one of your heroes. See, that is the worst thing in the world to ever do. Since it's on my mind. Now, you guys, you got to listen. I'm like a rubber ball bouncing around. Look, squirrel, squirrel. (laughs) No, but, uh, dude, I was 16 years old. My high school sweetheart uh, worked for her daddy at downtown Printer's Alley, a place called the Carousel. And after school, I'd go wash glasses uh, for the bar that night before they opened up. And, uh, and they opened up that day, and, and I'm sitting there, and my greatest hero in the world walked in, Johnny Bench. Oh, wow. I was a big Cincinnati Reds fan, and Johnny Bench walked in, and gosh, he he was sitting at the table, and and my girlfriend, she says, would you go get his autograph for me? <laughs> and I went to get his autograph for him, and you would have thought I asked him to cut his left nut off. <laughs> uh, he uh, looked at me, but I can't, my baby. And, and then he wrote something on a piece of paper and slid it to me, and I wadded it up and threw it back in his face. And excuse my language, oh, I told good. him, I said, dude, I, d- I didn't want it that fucking bad. <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, he jumped up mad, and, and he tried to get me far from my job, but they kicked him out of the bar. <laughs> sure, they told him to get his ass out of there. You know what? And when that happened to me, then I told myself that I would never be like that if I ever got in a position 
to be somebody famous. And, and I had, you know, man, uh, it's one thing I, you know, I come from, I'm an old country boy. Uh, and, and I understand, man, without our fans, I mean, none of us could even entertain. None of us could even wrestle. None of us could do nothing without our wrestling fans. And if any of you out there listening and, uh, and that's from my heart. If I ever did anything to you, you know, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes too. But if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what do you think about baseball coming back for a 60 game uh, season this year? Man, uh, dude, anything, you know, I mean, yeah. gosh, almighty, anything for entertainment. Uh, I don't, are they letting crowds in or just empty places? Josh, you know more uh, about baseball come, than me. What do you, do you have you no, heard? I can't wait. You know, that, that means if baseball's coming back, or six footballs coming back, <laughs> so, you know, man, uh, uh, I, uh, I can't wait to pro football starts back up. You know, my wife is a big Brady fan, oh, you yeah. know, man, we had new England stuff. She does everywhere. And, and then over the last month, it's, it's changed to Tampa Bay. <laughs> I just don't know what's going on, but, uh, but, but it's really cool, man. So, and, uh, uh Whenever you talked about being younger, um, who were some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Some of my favorite wrestlers, God, man, in, in those days, that area, uh, you know, everybody loved Jackie Fargo. Oh, yeah. uh, everybody, you know, one of my great mentors uh, and the guy that I thought was the most underrated wrestler ever in the business was Ken Lucas. Uh, you know, a lot of people tell me, Ricky Morton, you're the greatest baby face in the world. No, Ken Lucas was. <laughs> that's who I learned from. And, uh, and I guess you guys being from the Jackson, Tennessee area, uh, I hope you know who Ken Lucas is. Do you? Yeah, he was, um, he started wrestling almost in the, what the fifties or like early sixties or something like that. Yeah, I he started wrestling in the sixties. Yeah. Him and seen his name. A lot a of them bunch did. Of, uh, he was a big draw for Ken Luke. I mean, for, uh, for Dick Goulas, uh, the, you know, the Pensacola territory, the Phil brothers, uh, out in Kansas City for Buck Rubley. I mean, but he was actually one of the better workers that, uh, I mean, he taught me so much, man. I just, I, I just can't, uh, even, I just can't tell you how much that I loved him, uh, and everything. He was just a great, great worker. Well, I remember seeing uh, his, um, seeing his name on a bunch of programs and stuff, you know, that family would have and stuff, but I didn't get to honestly see a lot of his work. It's kind of one of them things where Babe Ruth, you know, you just read about him and how great he was and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, I yeah, seen, uh, uh, I seen where you, you know what? And I, and I met, a, and, and, and I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good, I'm you're not good. doing this interview with you, <laughs> but, uh, I did. uh, you know, I met a lot of people in my, in especially in the rises, but in this buddy and, and, uh, it's really cool to understand. And when you really meet people, you know, I, I had the pleasure to meet Alice Cooper. I just couldn't believe, <laughs> you know, I remember my first concert I ever went to in Nashville, at the Miss Willowtorium. I sat on the front row, my first concert I'd ever been to, and still the greatest one I'd ever been to. It's called Welcome to My Nightmare, Alice Cooper. Wow. And I couldn't believe this. And you see all the stuff he did in his face painted. And, and you do this. And then when I met him, he's real religious. <laughs> I, didn't really, I didn't even know that. Uh, but he's a good guy. Yeah. I mean, absolutely 
phenomenal. And I had a great time uh, spending that day with him. And not long ago, man, I was up in New York. And it's funny how people know us like we know them. I was walking down a thing, you know, and they had the guys up there fixing the sign. I heard somebody go, Rick and Martin. And I turned around. It was Randy Moss and Joe Montana. Oh, wow. Holy shit. And, uh, <laughs> and we stopped and, you know, on a bull crap with them for a few minutes. Uh, yeah. But, man, this business is so good. I mean, yeah. it, to meet people like that. And I don't know how we got on this subject, I but know. I told you, buddy, squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> well, well R- Randy Moss was right. from uh, the North Carolina area. He has a more Southern accent than I do. And he, he, I know Randy Moss is from West Virginia. He's from West Virginia, but he didn't, he play at Marshall. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's up, he's up there by Huntington, West Virginia. There he played for Marshall. So yeah, you were probably all over his TV when he was, you know, younger and watching. Oh, wrestling. Yes, yeah. Sure did. You know, you know, he, yeah, he's from, uh, Randy played in a little town right outside of Charleston, uh, and, but he, he got a scholarship to Marshall and, uh, man, he was one of those, one of those phenomenal players you ever met. You know who else I met, man, my hero, and he's still my hero. He's Superman. That's Deion Sanders. Oh, wow. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, and it's really, it's really, I mean, I can't explain it to you because that's when I, uh, worked for Ted Turner Yeah, and he played, uh, baseball for the Braves at the time. He's the only guy I know that that played uh, a baseball. Let's see, what did he do? Yeah, no, he, yeah, he played a football game in the afternoon and played, <laughs> I think, in the World Series that yeah, night. I yep. don't know, something like that. Yeah. But, there was a big to do about it at the time, I believe, where they were. How can you let him pl- go play base? Uh, yeah, go play football, football and then come play baseball. In the World Series, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge Braves fan. I remember the hoopla about that back in '95. Yes, it, it, but what I was saying is, is to understand how how people athletes they are, I mean, and uh, you know, you know, I'm messing with them the whole time down on the field. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just messing with. Them. I'm wanting to race it because. He's fast, you know, and I, I was pretty fast in my younger days, and uh, but I just kept messing with him. I had, all right, you're going to race me from first, I mean, from home to first, right? Uh, but when they said go and I raised up, he done passed first place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm serious. Wow. I mean, I, I never thought a human being in my life could run that fast. Yeah, I think he ran I like mean, a 4240. Yeah, he was like a oh, speedster. Buddy, I don't know. He ran a hundred mile hours the way I live. <laughs> well, well, you know, you guys, right, man, uh, you guys were like rock stars. I mean, uh, I mean, you you were rock stars. You're wrestling's rock stars, and I know in Smoky Mountain, there's Chris Jericho's talked about getting gifts from people that were uh, a little unusual. Uh, what would you say the strangest interaction with a fan or the strangest gift you ever gotten from a fan was? Well, you know what, man, you, you're asking me right off that. Off the bat, because you know it's not just one, ten thousand. <laughs> and uh, and to go to the first thing, what you just said, and believe it or not, guys, Robert and I were actually more than rock stars. Oh yeah, uh, we broke. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just not sitting here bragging on myself because this is a different time, a different era when wrestling just changed. Uh, tag team wrestling come in and we had videos even in Louisiana dude at that time this is before all the the big uh big auditoriums that you have now I'm talking about mm-hmm. your 30,000 and 25,000 
people. I know that, uh, you know, we broke El- every Elvis Presley record in attendance right off the bat. Uh, and then we had to start to go outside. A lot of the shows that we ran, we had to go out in football stadiums, high school football stadiums, and uh, college football stadiums. I know when I did the angle with Flair in Charlotte, you know, we uh, we we wrestled at the Coliseum there in uh, Charlotte. And I think it held 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, five minutes, it sold out. So uh, Jim Crockett moved out on the college football field. I mean, and Flair and I drew 40,000 people wow. that night. Now, but but see, I, and, you know, I've been to concerts, and, you know, and I was in Charlotte, and, and me and my wife was, this is off that day, and John Cougar was playing, <laughs> and we wrestled in Charlotte the night before it in, in the Coliseum, but it was a different time in Valley. But by the time we was there, it sold out. And John... Cougar was saying it, and it was about a quarter full. And the first thing he said when he walked out, he says, I want to know who in the hell the Rock and Roll Express are that <laughs> sold this building out last night. You know, and oh, yeah, and it was really cool when he said that. Had a lot of time, but we were, dude. You just couldn't even uh, believe some of the stuff that we got to see. But people giving me stuff, man, I don't have them give me. You know, uh, all the jewelry. You know, Rolex watches. Uh, I don't. I don't know what did Chris Jericho say when somebody gave me something. He was with us a while. Well, he he said they gave him something. It was a tape, and it was just like twenty five minutes of the most redneck stuff he he'd ever seen in his life, and and yeah. it was just a family talking to him basically. But it was just twenty five minutes worth of that. And, uh, uh-huh. and he said it was just strange that somebody just walked up and gave it to him. And they said they, they loved him the whole time. Like, we love you, Chris Jericho. Here's us doing a cartwheel. Oh, just, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's cool though. You know, down oh, yeah. South is different, but you know, oh, that. Yeah. you live in Tennessee. Oh yeah, definitely. I live here. I live over here in the Eastern section now. I live in Bristol. Matter of fact, me and my wife right now, we have a little, we have a fifth wheeler out here at the lake mm-hmm. and, uh, we, we like staying out here, us and our dogs. But, uh, you know, people are different here. Oh, yeah. Uh, you you know, they uh, – and, and don't get me wrong. I understand all the problems in the world, you know, but sometimes if you just sit down and talk about it, it works out a whole lot better. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes it does. Oh, yeah. Most Except for me and my wife, I can't whoop her, man. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, you know, we've been together thirty something years. We done had loser leave town, case matches, <laughs> full of parts. Anybody get their uh, head shaved? Oh, I always have to do the job. But it's, <laughs> but it's <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, early on, I remember um, seeing that you tagged a lot with um, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, one of my personal favorites. Do you have any good Eddie stories that you could share? I'll tell you a great Eddie story. Uh, you know, Eddie, uh, you know, I've got Eddie. I was working for Leroy McGurk out in Oklahoma, and Eddie just turned 18. You know, he was in Memphis working for a while, but we, you're young, you know, and then and at that time, there's no way you're ever going to get over Lawler and Dundee. <laughs> uh, I mean, you better be better off winning, winning the lottery. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, you have to go learn. And you know what? Memphis was the greatest, you know, the greatest wrestlers in the world come out of Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I mean, the greatest ones ever uh, at that time. Uh, but Eddie, I got Eddie to come out to be my tag team partner. And we really did good. You know, and Eddie was, Eddie, he, real, he lived in a, me and my wife lived in an apartment over by the university, but he lived at, closer to town in a little bitty house behind the house. You understand what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like a mother-in-law house. Right. He, he lived in, and Eddie was real spooky. So I, uh, he went to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> and uh, he was telling me he's going to see it. Boy, he gets spooky as hell when he done that. And uh, <laughs> I knew he was going to go watch it, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a chainsaw. So uh, <laughs> uh, I went over there to his little house right beside this window, and I fired that chainsaw up. <laughs> right outside his window, and all I heard was kaboom, ba-boom, and the front door slammed. And uh, and all I see was Eddie's ass running across that park a lot down the road. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he was madder than hell at me. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's I, shit. I wonder how he reacted later on when uh, Doug did the uh, the he was the Freddy Krueger guy, but they had the Texas Chainsaw guy that was in Japan as well. Was he? He was just oh, well, that, that, that was a Leatherface. Right? Yeah, the Leatherface gimmick. Yeah, no, well, back then it was all right. I'm just talking about, hell, he wasn't 17, 18 years oh, old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the business, a gimmick-wise, it's, it's a lot different. I'm just talking about, he was out there in that house by himself. I scared <laughs> the hell out of him. You well, know? <laughs> well, that was... He talked about that all the time when I used to see him. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you talked about that. That was a really good rib. Uh, who would you say the best ribbers were in the business? Man, that wasn't nobody compete with Owen Hart. Oh yeah, uh, Owen uh, ruthless. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I loved Owen. Don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of people pulled a lot of ribs, mm-hmm. you know. But it wasn't a real bad bad ones. But you know, uh, you know, Owen would get you every now and then. If you you know you keep your guard up, uh, he would get you. He never got me, but I seen him get Sergeant Slaughter and a bunch of them, especially at the motels. Calling down front, being the front desk, you know, and telling me going to throw my rings. I've been sitting there, Sergeant Slaughter, come around that corner. I mean, just raising hell at them people. Man, I put my credit card. He's, I think he's on this credit card. <laughs> and they got all over him and uh, a lot of stuff like that. But, you know, uh, over the years, I've seen mean ribs where it wasn't a rib. They just, right. people were mean. I've seen them put doo-doo in their bags and their shoes, uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I, I didn't see who done it, right? but they did it to somebody else while I was in the dressing room. It wasn't me. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, man, I got along with the boys right. really good. I never had no problem with with any of the boys. Everybody thought me and Kevin Ash did, but we drew a $72,000 house. Uh, the biggest payoff I ever had in my life. Wow. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> so, uh, no. So, uh, that worked out pretty cool. And, uh, but the other than that, no. Well, let's say, Hello? um, let's say money is not a factor in this question. 
just whatever you got to make, you'll make it with either of these guys. Who would you rather work for, Bill Watts or Jerry Jarrett? Uh, Bill Watts. Okay. Is that Do I got to give a reason why? <laughs> is that is that just because his philosophy on wrestling or? No, no. Jerry Jarrett was a smart guy. See, Jerry Jarrett drew money in his business. And this is what I try to tell. You know, dude, I have a wrestling school. I have a great wrestling school. If you get a chance, it comes on every Sunday. It's your time. It's central time, your time. It's, it'd be 4.05. But it comes on 5.05 here on Eastern time. School of Morton on YouTube. Guys, I... I have a I have great ratings for a YouTube show. Oh yeah, and and it's and I don't bring in superstars. All my superstars are made at my school, and they're really good. You hear me? The gimmicks I give them, the things I put on them. I learned a lot from from Jerry Jarrett. I don't know if you know Jerry Jarrett wasn't the best worker in the world, but what he could do was sell. See, selling in our business, and and I'll and, you know, and and, and I'm gonna bounce around here. Oh, that's and fine. Follow what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, people ask, Ricky Morton, you've been nine-time World Tag Team Champions. Yes, but I didn't want to be the champions. Even though, don't get me wrong, the first time we won them was a great mark in our life. But you see, the people pay to see me and Robert win the belts. They don't pay to see us lose them. Did you see selling, right. giving a hot tag to Robert Babum and Jimmy Cornette always screwed us. You understand me? Yes, sir. But then the next show we'll come back where he can't screw us like that. Oh, but he'll screw us another way. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. Is That's the- what people don't understand. And a baby face selling. Now look at Huck Hogan. You ever see him do a moonsault? You ever see him dive out of the ring? <laughs> Not on purpose. Well, hell no, you didn't. But <laughs> one thing you did see him do was sell. No matter who, he sold and ripped that shirt off and the damn roof come off the building. I think he even sold in that you Bubba saw. the Love Sponge video. That <laughs> 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 was that lasted thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> he was selling. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'm just kidding. Man. Me too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we, uh, uh, but that's the thing of our business. Even though, you know, I run my wrestling school, and I and I go, and we're on a lot of shows. Uh, but and I hate it too because now I'm telling the promoters, I said, "Listen, man. I mean, I'll come in and work for you, but I'm going on before intermission." And I'm not trying to be mad, mean. But if you go on tenth or eleventh, they they done did seventeen dive out of the rings, forty seven hurricane coronas. They done shot Hugo out of the cannon three times, <laughs> uh, and he kicked out on one. Right. Uh, you know what? And and it's it, it's it's just. The people get tired of it. You understand me? So being on the main event, which I can really do, I can do because that's my specialty. But, you know, I don't give a shit. I go on last, tear the house down because even though I'm 64 years old. And, and the reason why is because I know what I'm doing. Right. Uh, half the guys don't know what they're doing. I mean, nowadays, man, you – the guys go back there in the back. They go over their they go over their damn match for three hours, and then they go out there and it's eight but an eight minute match. Uh, 
and it sucks because it, it looks like it's staged and it does. It is staged. Right. It looks like it's staged. I just, uh, and if you learn how to say, you know, I just talked to a, a Oh uh, yeah, he, he, I think he trains down there for Bert. He did. He's a state trooper out of Bob, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and he showed me a tape. I was in Arkansas then on a Saturday night, and he showed me a tape. And I just told him, I said, "Let me ask you something," because he asked me, "What did I think about it?" I says, "Okay, you're a state trooper. In real life, if this happened, would you do that being a state trooper?" He says, "When well, hell no," I says. That's what you got to learn. You got to make it look like it's real. You got to make it look like, see, when I sold, if I could make the guy on the front row believe that I was, hell, even the guy I was wrestling, <laughs> make him believe that I'm really hurt. What do you think them people out there at TV are thinking of the ones up here in the crowd? And that's the reason they came back every week. Uh, you know, Robert and I didn't sell, we didn't sell towns out once a year. We sold them out every damn week. Uh, I know times are different. You've got a lot more stuff and that's going on. But still, at, at that time and point, they believed in what we did and the talent on our show. You know, the talent. They believed in what they did. You know, I have people all the time ask me, who's the greatest guy you ever better to ring with? I said, hell, they all was great. Even the job boys were great. They might not have the body on them, but they knew how to work. Right, right. But I will say this. Ric Flair was the greatest world champion of all time. Uh, he was the greatest. But the greatest worker, and, I, and I'm serious, Sherry Lawler's greatest worker I've been in the ring with. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, mean, he is. Okay. I, I was going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um uh, I was going to ask, you know, you were talking about the tag teams today. Well, in your opinion, who do you think is the best tag team right now? Like some of the be- better tag teams that do it the right way. Is there anybody out there? Yeah, there's a few out there. The Revival, they're, they're oh, yeah. real good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I got to, uh, you know, and in my in my boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, they're, my, they're my buddies. They're my boys, <laughs> you know, and, and, the, and even though people don't like them, uh, the Young Bucks are great. You know, the Young Bucks oh, got yeah. their own stuff over. You oh, hear def- me? Definitely. They didn't go to no big companies. They did it. The hard, you know, and they, and they did. And my hats off to those guys. But you know, I, I know there's some other tag teams out there. But I, well, but you asked me the ones I thought. You know, mm-hmm. that's my top three: the Revival, uh, the well, the Matt and Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. then the Revival, then and then the Young Bucks. Uh, I like them all. People can knock them. You know, I, I listen to other podcasts and people have some stuff to say, but, uh, but truly in heart, they just trying to get ratings. These guys are all great. Okay. (laughs) Well, you, you said something about the young bucks there. I I saw this funny thing, the skit that you and uh, Robert did, uh, on being the elite about the spray tan where y'all, y'all, y'all were acting like you were the young bucks and you were going to go get your spray tan. That yeah. that was hilarious, and like I said, if nobody's seen that, I can't remember what episode it is, but uh, I want to say it was when they came through Tennessee. Uh, so no, yeah. no, that, that no. was up in. Uh, we did that in. Uh, uh, was that, that Charleston? That, uh, I don't remember. I tell you, Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah, that was Charleston. Then, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, hilarious. That's what, that was just my first night there. They threw me through the damn table. I mean, through the stage. <laughs> the stage, yeah. I mean, it looked brutal. But you know what? And that's and I'm glad you just said said that because you know, dude, you being over and, and this is one tag team I forgot about. And to me, they're the greatest heel tag team right now. It's Santana and Ortiz uh, for AEW. Oh yeah. Uh, they're the one that's got, that really got us over. I, you know, we hadn't been, uh, you know, we worked for, uh, Joey Janela, mm-hmm. vacation thing, WrestleMania in New York. And this is them two guys is who we wrestled there. And, you know, I, I don't keep up with car and I don't know. And, and, uh, and see me, I don't go over stuff in the back. And these guys just come off TNA. It's my fault because I didn't do nothing. But ever since then, I've done research on people in the big, <laughs> in that bigger organizations to know who we wrestling. Right. Because it was my mistake. But we went out and wrestled these guys. And holy shit, they were great. I just couldn't uh, believe. You know, that was the first time I did the Canadian Destroyer. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and somebody goes, God, Ricky Morton, you did a Canadian destroyer. I says, no. Santana told me to come off his partner's back and sunset flip him and hold on. <laughs> and if you watch the tape, when I hold on, I stand up and I'm, I'm looking and you can see my mouth. I'm going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and really, and it really it got us over. And Santana didn't remember. And you know what now? And I'm not saying that. Uh, AEW, they have the greatest heel team oh, yeah. in the world. And, and and they do. These guys are actually phenomenal. Their 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 talk, the way they act, the and and just gotta say that to them, man. These guys I you know, they they got a big future still ahead of them, you know, oh, yeah. even Definitely. after AEW. Uh but they'll probably be there to the to the end of times because they're great. Definitely. So, um, a couple of years ago when we were just getting started doing this show, we had uh-huh. uh, kid cash on and he said that, um, you know, you had helped him a lot early on and he even filled in for Robert in times, you know, whenever, uh, I, I don't know if you and Robert had separated for uh, extended period or whatever, but he said he would actually tag team with you as the rock and roll express was there something that happened that kind of pushed you and Robert away at that point in time or, uh, no, Robert, Robert worked for, uh, Ohio Valley. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. He that's was right. training at Ohio Valley. I think up there with Danny Davis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I did. Robert forgot was there. About that. And, uh, you know, they offered me a job there, but I, I wasn't ready to go there. You hear me? <laughs> right. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, buddy. I was ready. I, I liked what I was doing, and I, and on it, you know, and, and and right now, dude, I'm 64 years old. I make more money now than I make my life. Uh, Hell yeah! And I'm serious. Uh, not by being big companies, you know. I educated myself, right. uh, and the only reason, and I, and I and I really pushed this. You know, my son's wanting to be a wrestler, which he's really good already. Uh, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but see, I'm telling him. I said, dude, you're 19 years old. I know you want to be a rusher. You want to do this, but we're gonna get our education first. Uh, you know, we're gonna go to college, and uh, and I says, you still have plenty of time, and 
in our bigger companies, a college education goes a long way because there's a lot more to do than take bumps. Uh, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> a lot more money behind the scenes than normally that's in the ring. Right. And, uh, and, and I'm really serious. If you got that part, you know, and he's got a good head on his shoulder. He writes a lot of stuff, uh, does a lot of stuff at our school. Uh, and you know, and me and him are teaming up a lot right now. You know, Robert and I have been partners for 38 years, you know, the rock and roll express. So we're still out there, but you know, it's, it's beginning to be the rock and old express. So, <laughs> and, uh, I'm not trying to be mean, but you know it's time for me to. Uh, I, I got still got a lot to learn, teach my son before I send him out, right. and uh, to do that. But you know, in our business these days, you know your comic cons, uh, your personal appearances. Uh, you know, especially in this downtime, when you depend on wrestling for a living, and, and you and there's no entertainment. Right. You know, uh, it's a lot of other. Stuff. I, I, you know, I learned a lot of other things. My son showed me a lot of other things to do to how to make a living. And, and it's not the frustration of of traveling. You know, I, I, I drove, I was down in Pocahontas last Friday, not far from y'all. Mm-hmm. And that then I was uh, in, uh, over in uh, the, the Paragou, Arkansas. Yep. And that drive home. Damn, I just got over it yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's a long drive. And I'm serious. But before this happened, you know, it, it wasn't. It, it was just another day at the office. But being home for three or four months, holy shit, man! I, <laughs> you know, and I drove all the way home. I got home at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, oh, and, and, and I had school, at school, and you know, but it didn't bother me till like Monday and Tuesday is when it really stuck his foot up my behind <laughs> you know I'm just, uh, well when i was wrestling i worked a guy that was going to get color at the end of the night and uh he had tucked his uh his gig away under his uh, wrist tape on his fingers so he under his finger uh, tape and we had our match he did his thing he got jumped they got color whatever but as i was mm-hmm. driving home that night i noticed my arm was itchy and I, yeah you know i was just like man that's weird so I got home and I pull all my gear out of the bag to wash it. I notice my elbow pad is sliced all the way down the middle. And when I look at my, my arm, my arm has a cut on it about five inches long going to where my elbow pad was and it ripped the elbow pad. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm glad yeah. that that didn't really cut me bad that he didn't have it. Have you ever heard of a story where somebody's blade got, you know, away from them or they swallowed it no, or something but like that? I tell you stories as I do. All right. No, I see Michael Hayes. He, First time he ever taped his finger. You know, Michael Hayes had no concept. Nobody else was in the ring with him. You know, you'd be standing beside him, and he'd just spin around and slap you upside the face. You know what I'm talking about? Right. He just had no concept. But I seen him one time. He got a tape of blade to his finger, and he cut Don Fargo up like a son of a bitch. But listen to me, dude. Later on in my life, uh, see, Russ is no joke, no game. Right. And it's not about no woman. It's not about, uh, and I tell guys all the time uh, about want me to watch their match. If uh, if you want to impress me, eat an apple and shit a fruit salad. <laughs> because other than that, I don't see it at all. <laughs> right. and, and I don't know. But now I want you to tell me 
but I, and I'm sorry, I'm not telling, I know what you're telling me, but I'm going to tell everybody out here. I have a lot of scars on my head. A lot of drip blood drip from my head for reasons that nowadays the boys don't have a damn clue about. They don't understand why they're there. And the reason it is, is the way we fed the boys. We didn't have contracts. And let me tell you, dude, I worked on top. And working on top, the whole territory depends on you. And I did that before territories, different ones, that Robert and I completely popped. Getting color is not a joke and not a game. Not long ago, I walk into a dressing room. There's a guy sitting there making a blade. And I looked at him. I said, what are you making a blade for? He says, oh, I, my gimmick, I get color every night. Oh. I said, well, tonight you fucking don't. <laughs> and he looked at me real crazy. I mean, that was... You know, people don't understand. That's not a joke. Right. That's something to draw money with. And they, and they don't, it's not out there to impress your girlfriend. All right. He said, oh, yes, I am. I said, I, and I, he was on the first match. And I done been paid. <laughs> you <laughs> hear me? I walked, I got the promoter. I said, come in here. I said, see this guy right here? He said he's on first. He's getting color. Oh. If he gets color, I will get in my car and go home. Because him getting color, he don't know what the hell he's doing. He don't know what it's about. He damn sure don't know what it's for. Uh, and, and and what I'm trying to tell you guys, getting color in our match was to was to make um, to make money. It wasn't no game, you yes, know. Uh, my head is full of scars, and a lot of guys that's in the business that even work on top of it, they don't know what it's even about. Don't know what it's for. But that's that's what it's about. That's the way we fed families. That's the way it was a sacred thing. Our business was so sacred. And, and, I, and I tell guys all the time now, go go watch some of the matches uh, of us in Mid-South against uh, the Midnight Express. And go watch them against us, Ole and Arn, and the Four Horsemen, me against Ric Flair, and us against the Russians. Because at that time, you never seen the hills. You were separated. Our business was so sacred, you never even got your finish until you, nine out of ten times, you didn't get your finish until you got in a ring. You didn't go over a match. You didn't do it. Uh, i tell you one to watch the Houston Coliseum. Robert and I, with the greatest referee, and, and I'm bouncing around here. No, you're fine. A referee, a good referee can make a bad match good, and a bad referee, referee can make a good match suck. Uh, <laughs> right. Roddy West is referee in the match. Ronnie learned from my dad. He was one of the – Ronnie West is the greatest referee to ever be in this business. Him and Tommy Young. Uh, but just go watch it. And watch this match, and we never went over nothing. Ronnie gave us the finish when we got into the ring. And, uh, uh, and that's the way our business was. That's how sacred it was. You know, we didn't go back there, let's do this hot spot, let's do this hot spot. Right. And that's what I do at my wrestling school. Every now and then I have some guys come in that are pretty good, and I tell them, get in the ring. I say, I want you to get in the ring and have a match. Okay, uh, let me just go. I says, no, no. Don't want that. <laughs> I want you to have a match without calling nothing. And that's the way it is. That's what we do, bud. And then when you learn how to do that, you, be- you-, you become how to work in our business. I, uh, Man, I absolutely love this business. I, there's nothing better 
an enjoyment in my life as being a part of the wrestling business. I met some of the most incredible people in the world, some of the greatest personalities in the world. Uh, and I grew up in this business. My dad was a, a, a wrestler, then a referee out of Memphis. Uh, and it, it's just what I am. But uh, I'm not here to try to tell you that I don't. But I, I will tell you this. At my time, in my time, I was the greatest wrestler in the world. And if you don't believe me, just ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you'd have a lot of people that would back you up on that. And, you know, like what you said, uh, when I was, you know, Bill Dundee was one of my trainers when I was wrestling. And uh, he he actually told me one time, he's like, when you call it all in the back, you're not listening to the crowd. And if you're not listening to the crowd, you're not giving them what they want. Yes, you're damn right there, buddy. And that's uh, Bill told you that? Yes, sir. Yeah, Bill gave me my first break in the business. You know that, don't you? Yes, Bill was a booker for Louisiana. Yes, sir. Uh, and you had the fabulous ones. You had that. Bill Bill didn't want none of them. He wanted me and Robert in the Midnight Express. And look what happened. And look what it turned into. Uh, and I, I'm, guys, and I'm uh, here. I, yes, I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> later on in life, later on in the history of professional wrestling, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, would go down in history for the greatest tag team matches in the world against the Midnight Express. Uh, and I'm serious. They would go down in the history books as, I mean, just go back and watch some of those matches, guys. And you know what? I can't even remember. And remember, when you're watching them, everything was called in the ring. Well, I tell you, Mr. Morton, I don't know if we're going to be able to, to follow that. Guys, go and check out his show every Sunday, 505 Eastern School of Morton on YouTube every Sunday. Mr. Morton, we can't say enough what an honor it is to talk to you and for you to be here with us today. Hey, bud, listen, man. Uh, I thank you. Uh, when I do these things, I have a lot of guys that are on the independent circuit uh, that can't pay their bills. Truly, I do. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, it's not about me. It's about a lot of other people. I want to tell you, thank you guys for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure. Tell Danny Davis that I love him. <laughs> Grew up with him in the business, too. We all did. Gentlemen, if the music's too loud, you're too damn old. Have a good night. <laughs> all right, that was pretty cool right there, right? I mean... Man, you okay over there, dude? You, you done like jittering I said, around? I, I literally, we just talked to Superman. Yeah, At, dude. Like I said, one the greatest tag team ever. Hands a little shaky. Oh, they are, and you, that's fine. You want to be one of those fans like we talked about that sends him something awkward now? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if I want to send him a hair doll, I'll send him a hair doll. <laughs> I love you, Ricky Morton. No, uh, man, Ricky was so yeah. cool, dude. And I am so relieved. I am so relieved that, like you said, in the open, this wasn't an occasion. To, uh, this wasn't a Johnny Bench. No. I mean, Ricky no, was I, super and I knew cool. Yeah. And yeah, I know you had met him a few times before, but yeah. man, God almighty. I didn't get a chance to tell him thank you uh, because, like I said before, he uh, if he's listening back to this and he's made it this far, um, <laughs> what's that look for? Well, usually I turn off podcasts that I'm on if, if I'm done. 
Like if my part's over, I don't listen to what they say. I'm letting me. it roll over on SoundCloud, baby. That, <laughs> it just it does that. You never know what they're going to do. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I mean, I didn't get to tell him thank you because whenever I was working here at the fair in Jackson, he was one of the guys. Him and Bobby Eaton. You running the Ferris wheel or? Who what me? Yeah. Oh no, I was wrestling. Oh, okay. You said you're working at the fair. I, I was wrestling at okay. the fair. I'm with you now, boy. Like he was gonna come, come up. On was up like, get you bear. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the darts. Bobby the comes up. We really admire the way you're working that scrambler right there. <laughs> no, I wasn't a carny. I'm saying when I was wrestling. Did you put this at thing together. Is the zipper okay to ride? <laughs> no, when I was wrestling, he came up to me, watched my match, and uh, he actually gave me some pointers afterwards. And you know, hey, when you do this, do that. Hey, when you do this, don't do this, do that. Right. And I was. You know, I was impressed. Like, he didn't have to do that. That's you know what, what I mean? Saying. That shows you what kind of man Ricky Morton is. Yeah. He didn't gain anything from the situation. He was just trying to help out a young yeah. guy. And he, and like I said, go and watch his show. It's really outstanding. We've got a friend that, that is uh, over there. I didn't get a chance to tell him that either. Uh, Dan Matthews is his wrestling name. Uh, I think he's helping out with some of the School of Morton stuff. Uh, really cool guy. In the training aspect. Yeah, and, and, and cool. actually, we were in a tag team together, and he yeah. was trained by Ken. So ah, Ken Wayne. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we were in a small, like very short run tag team in Ripley when we wrestled, and uh, uh, but really good guy. I talk to him every once in a while. Great sense of humor. We'll have to have him on sometime too. Yeah, but definitely. Uh, School of Morton once again comes on YouTube every Sunday, five oh five Eastern, four oh five Central. Uh, check your, well, I can't check your local listings. It's YouTube. Check but, YouTube. But just go to YouTube. I'm sure all the shows are still there. Great show. Uh, and what else would you expect from somebody like Ricky Morton running the show? I mean, if you can't learn from Ricky Morton, you can't learn. Uh, and I mean, just period. So, um, like I said, we were blown away. Josh, any closing words for today? I think I said it all, man. You know, did you get all your questions out that you wanted to ask I or did. were you too nervous to ask them? I got them all out. Got them all out. I I didn't ask him about the uh, the scaffold match either. I think he's covered that in other interviews. We, yeah, yeah. So we try to do we try to do questions that we don't normally get. I know right. we've probably asked some repeat ones here. I don't think I've ever heard him, you know, say anything about the strangest thing he got from the a fan only thing that like I that. didn't. I, I'm a liar. The only yeah. thing that I didn't get out was I wanted to ask him about. The boogeyman, Mario Galento, man. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask, did he ever have any run-ins with him? I guess we can get him back on for another round yeah, and go over some Memphis stuff and, and dissect that territory or something. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool to go like minute by minute into, I mean, day by day or year by year into the territories and yeah, see something. where they were at and everything. Kind of like right. what your uncle had with that book. His his little... The uh, the ledger. Yeah, the, that he wrote all every, his matches Every down wrestler in. from the day had those ledgers. I've seen uh, screenshots of Dutch Mantel. He had the same, uh, the exact same uh, ledgers, you know, where they kept their little yeah. hotel receipts and what town they were. It was for tax purposes, all. right? Yeah. And uh, which, you know, the tax man may come a knocking, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially back in that day. Oh, man. So, you know, um, but yeah, I've got all those ledgers from, let's see, it's 84, 85, 86, from my uncle. And the only reason that I hadn't wanted to, to maybe try to get him back on and go through day by day is because man, you know how a good weekend is in wrestling. Yeah. If you wrestle more than once, right. imagine doing that seven days a week, it would be like asking, you know, what did you do on March 25th, 1985? You know, right. I'm afraid to just be a blur. Well, that you know? too. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause even me being a weekend warrior that only had like matches on the weekends, 
Like I couldn't imagine. They all kind of run together. Yeah, they all kind of run together. I couldn't imagine doing this seven you know, days, seven days straight. You know, or or going from territory. I mean, if you asked me about March twentieth of two thousand and nine or two thousand ten, I'd be like, I don't have a clue. I don't know what did we do. Right. Well, that's pretty cool. We did that. You know, you got the bullet points up there. And yeah. That's about all that matters. Yeah, I've got anyways. all the major accomplishments and stuff that I did. Like I said the fact that Ricky Morton watched my match was a major accomplishment. Right. So uh, that stuff I remember. Uh, you and know. The, the fact that he felt that he needed to tell you what you needed to do and what you shouldn't do right. probably meant that he seen something in you. Could be like that Terry Funk thing. I didn't see shit in him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was really cool that he did that. And, uh, but yeah, man, that that's, that's going to do it for us, Josh. If, people are just listening to our show for the first time and they want to learn more about our show or if they want to contact us on facebook twitter or give us a phone call or a text or an email how do they do that well lads if you're on twitter we are at p3 radio one and if you want to get with us on facebook put in that search bar pop poncho and you'll see our picture pop up and if you want to get with us the old school way, send us a text, and maybe a voicemail. We might play it on the show. You never know. Our phone number is 731-300-6675. And that is 24 hours a day. You can also send us an email uh, at p3radio1gmail.com. And like I said, that, that number, 24 hours a day, you can call it anytime you want. Prank call us if you want to. We don't care. Just something fun to do and... We'd play it on the show for you, but that's going to do it for us. That's going to be our time for Josh Brawley. This is Richard Mulliken saying thanks for listening and good night.